Welcome to the Happy Home Birth Podcast, your source for positive natural childbirth stories and your community of support, education, and encouragement in all things home birth and motherhood. Well, hey there, happy home birthers, and welcome to episode 42 of the Happy Home Birth Podcast. I am your host, Caitlin Fusco, and my, oh my, do I love it when a plan comes together, guys. Holy guacamole, I can't even tell you. So this episode that we're listening to, I am interviewing Elizabeth Bauer. You're going to hear more about her in a minute, but I just want to give you a little background. So this interview was conducted several months ago. It's been on my content calendar, so it's been scheduled and planned for several months, Uh, and somehow it relates perfectly, like 100% perfect fit with what all is going on right now. So if you have been on social media in the last few days, then you probably have seen that I am trying to garnish funds for a course that I would like to take for my business on course creation, which is very meta if you ask me. But so basically I am ready to create my childbirth education course for home birth mothers for you. And it's all related to giving birth mindfully and peacefully. Well, that is what Elizabeth finally achieved in her third birth. So I cannot wait for you guys to hear this because What she did is so, so relevant to what I am hoping to teach you or what I'm going to teach you. So like I said, back to the fundraiser thing, I am raising money so that I can enroll in this course for the business because let me just tell you, I do not know what the heck I'm doing um, when it comes to anything digital. So I'm... I'm hoping to enroll so that I can make something beautiful and amazing for you. So if you are interested in learning about the fundraiser, I only have until September 18th to raise the funds. So if you're listening to this on, I don't know, Thursday after this episode releases, uh, it's too late, but you can still donate. Um, But if you're listening Monday or Tuesday, even Wednesday morning, if you would like to buy some candles, head on over to the show notes and there's going to be a link where you can purchase those or you can just go to my Instagram or Facebook. There are links all over it, obnoxiously so, I might say. Anyway, let's get get past that and head over to the interview information. I, Like I said, I cannot wait to talk to you about this. So picture this. You're pregnant for the second, third, maybe the fifth time. What do you do? I mean, you've done this before. You certainly know all there is to know, right? So this week's guest, Elizabeth Bauer, she takes education seriously. And just because she's done something once doesn't mean she isn't going to learn and prepare even more for the next go-round. Elizabeth takes us on a journey of her birthing experiences from a frenzied birth center birth to a birth without the midwife present, finally a mindful and peaceful third birth. She was bent on improving her experience every time. And in celebration of all of these things coming together and so much change going on, I have made an awesome freebie for you guys, and it's so related. It is called the Happy Home Birth Essentials Mini Course. So it's your guide to having a successful and happy home birth. Now, this is an audio guide, and you can pick it up at myhappyhomebirth.com forward slash essentials. 
I promise you are going to love it. I cannot wait for you to hear this episode. Before we jump in, I do want to thank our reviewer of the week, and that is Renee Barr. And Renee said, the best podcast. Thank you, Renee, with all those exclamation marks. You're a winner. She says, I wish I had found this podcast a little sooner. I started listening just a few months after my first home birth and have already learned so much to prepare me for my next one. I love that this podcast has a variety of experiences to listen to. Keep them coming. I will, Renee. And if you will email me at Caitlin at myhappyhomebirth.com, I will send you a Happy Home Birth Podcast sticker. Thank you guys so much for reviewing and rating this podcast. It really means the world to me. While you're at it, if you'll take a screenshot or a selfie of you listening to the podcast, post it on your Instagram stories, tagging Happy Home Birth Podcast, I will be sure to share you in my stories as well. All right, without anything else to get in the way, let's please remember that the opinions of my guests might not necessarily reflect my own and vice versa. Neither one of us are medical professionals, so continue to see your doctor, midwife, or if you're like me, your chiropractor. Elizabeth, thank you so much for coming on the Happy Home Birth Podcast. Thank you for having me. I am so excited to hear your three birth stories. So if you wouldn't mind, would you introduce yourself to the listeners? Yes. Um, my name's Elizabeth. I am a mom of three. I've got a seven-year-old, a almost three-year-old, and a nine-week-old today. And we live in Bend, Oregon. Oh, congratulations. Thank so. You. Before we started the interview, you told me that you have had all three of your children outside of the hospital, but you started with a birth center. So what was that like? What what made you decide to have your first birth at a birth center and not the hospital? You know, it's funny. Um, it's a funny story. I hadn't ever considered having a birth outside of a hospital. It didn't even occur to me that that was an option. And um, when I was interviewing obstetricians when we were very early pregnant with our first. I had been, I, um, a drug-free birth was what I wanted, but I, so I was seeking an obstetrician that was going to support me. And we had interviewed a few and we landed on one at the time we were living in Southern California in Laguna Beach, um, who was in a private practice. I really was hoping for the obstetrician that I had been seeing to deliver the baby. That was important to me. I didn't just want whoever was on call. And so we found this guy and he, after talking to him, he said, you know, I think you'd be a really good candidate for the midwife practice down the road and the birth center. And I thought, what? <laughs> you don't want to, you don't want me? Like, I'm so confused. You know, I didn't get it. And he said to me, he said, you know, for women who want to have, um, you know, low intervention or, or no intervention births, you know, in terms of drugs and painkillers, I really don't do anything. He's like, it's kind of just you and the doula hanging out and, and, and doing your thing. And then I come in at the very last minute and catch the baby. So you might as well just go work with the midwives because they specialize in low risk births and you're a perfect candidate. And I was 32 at the time and I thought, okay. So I was really nervous because I, I carried um, sort of a, a cultural stigma about out of hospital birth with me. And I was nervous, but my husband and I went and met with the midwives and it took about 15 minutes for me to say, Oh, this is exactly what I want. This is what I've been looking for. I mean, I wish it was a 15 minute consult that lasted like an hour, 15, you know, <laughs> right. <laughs> this is wonderful. So yeah, we just were like, I felt very comfortable. I felt, um, 
so cared for and I felt so important. I felt like I was the only woman that had ever given birth in the whole world <laughs> or was, was about to give birth. I felt so yes. special. That's yeah. amazing. And how cool that you had an OB that recognized, hey, you know, this isn't really my thing so much as it is a midwife's thing and you're a perfect candidate. Right. And the thing that was so cool that I just, that I left out was that, um, he actually is the OB that the midwives will send their patients to who end up being high risk or end up Uh needing, they have a relationship. I forgot about that part until you just said that. So he said, you know, should things go in a different direction and should you need my care? I'm here. Mm -hmm. But if everything goes as normal, then the midwives are the perfect people to handle that. Oh, I love to hear that. And it's so incredible to hear those relationships. You know, that does not happen all across the country. It doesn't happen with every midwifery practice. So to hear that they have such a compatible relationship is just incredible. Which is just could be such a wonderful model of care if that was more normal. Absolutely. Well, amazing. Well, so you you found your midwives and what was your prenatal care like with the birth center? I mean, we were in there, I I think every appointment may have been like an hour and a half in the best way, you know, not because I was being kept there against my wishes, but because (laughs) we were chatting. I had so many questions because it was my first and, um, she, I kind of kept getting flagged for things that, um, ended up turning out to be nothing, but I kind of kept having these flags and things that would come up with the tests. And so they did um, an excellent job explaining all of that to me. And I just, again, I felt like the only pregnant woman they were seeing. And this is a very busy midwife practice in Orange County. So I was very much not the only woman, but I just felt like I was. And it was, it was, it was exceptional. I loved it. Oh gosh, that sounds so great. That That is exactly what I wish for every mother to be able to experience that feeling of, I am the most important person in the world giving birth right now. Yeah. Yeah. And I never felt like any of my questions were a waste of time or, or silly. And I have been in situations with other healthcare providers where I have felt a little shamed for my questions or like I was bothering them, like they had to get out of, you know, there's a, there's a lot of culture sitting on the computer while I'm talking to them, you know, and I'm thinking, are you really listening? Like, I know you're typing, but are we really engaging here? And with the midwives, while sometimes in some of the midwife practices I've been with, it, you can almost think like, how are you remembering everything I'm saying right now? Cause you're not writing anything down, <laughs> but somehow they do. <laughs> so with such amazing prenatal care, how was your birth experience with your first? It started, um, it started perfectly. I mean, it, it was, it, we had a really, we were, we were eight days past our due date, which now my husband would really like, um, every model of care to change the 40 week to 41 week mm-hmm. <laughs> so that his Agreed. wife stops freaking out about why the baby hasn't come. <laughs> You know, that's a, it's a long way once you get past that 40 week mark. You are so um, right. I'm sure so. the days just like the hours multiply. Oh yeah. And my husband's like, I don't know why they tell you 40 weeks. The average is 41 anyway. Just exactly. tell 41. Yeah. Right. It's crazy. It's crazy. So we were at, um, the day before I was 41 and just, yeah, had a long, wonderful day. And, um, I had started, I, I, I had started having some contractions, but you know, they weren't really a big deal. I, I tend to, in my, in my stories, when I count or when I consider going into labor, I think of it as when I 
needed support. Like I can't actually have a conversation through a contraction anymore. It's not, it's not funny anymore. (laughs) You're not like, Ooh, I'm having a contraction. It's not that that's kind of when labor starts for me. And so we had, um, I'd been having those like, Ooh, this is fun. Maybe we're having a baby today moments. Um, and we, you know, we got in bed and I had, I had actually done a lot of, um, hypnobirthing prep up to the birth. And, um, as soon as I started this contraction started getting a little more uncomfortable, I remember putting my headphones in and trying to start some of the hypnobirthing tracks and immediately was, you know, shocked at how much they weren't what I needed at the time, which I didn't know. It was my first baby. So I'd imagined something really different. Like I was going to be able to zone into this, you know, really great relaxed state. And that, that wasn't the case for me. I heard the tracks and they actually started making me a little angry. <laughs> you know, I kind of, the voice said, was getting you know, annoying. Yeah. I said some bad words. Like you have no idea what I'm going <laughs> There's no relaxing right now. And, um, so anyway, I got up and got rid of that. And, um, and, yeah. And then, and then it was, it was, it all happened really fast. You know, my first, for, for some reason, my, um, which I think I've now come to realize why, but my, my, my transition from zero to 10 happens pretty quickly. And so it, uh, as it was starting, I remember thinking, oh my goodness, these sensations are really powerful. There's no way I'm going to be able to do this without an epidural. I got, I got a little scared. Like this is, this is more than I signed up for because I assumed I was at two centimeters. Mm-hmm. Right. I, because, you know, they tell you your first bird's going to take so long and be in it for the long haul, get your coconut water, whatever, you know? And so I kept thinking, well, I have another 16 hours of this. There's no way, you know, <laughs> no thanks. Especially because the hip birthing is not working. So I'm not <laughs> able to use it. And, um, so, we called the the doula and, um, she came right over and she was, I was, I was, my husband was conveying to her that the sensations were getting pretty powerful and that I was feeling like I didn't have a lot of tools to help me because the doula wasn't, wasn't there yet. And I, cause again, I was only supposed to be two centimeters at this point, you know, <laughs> in my mind. So she shows, she had me get in the, in the tub while I was waiting for her to come. And I got in the tub and she came and, um, I immediately told her, you know, I, I think I have to poop. Like this is feeling really overwhelming. And she said, okay, we need to get to the, um, we need to get to the birth center, which is funny when it's your first, you have no idea that that's usually a sign that you're approaching transition. You know, you're going to actually push a baby out soon. Right. And so, you know, and I thought, wow, this is really just not this again, this isn't what I signed up for. I just thought it was going to be a lot easier when I'm two centimeters. So, <laughs> so we get in the car and, um, drive to the, the birth center and how and far got, away was that? Uh, it was about 15 minutes. Okay. Um, so we, and it was now at light, it was now midnight or so, you know, so there's nobody on the road, fortunately. So we, we got there and when I got there, the midwife met us there and I was already nine centimeters. <laughs> so it had only taken three hours for me to get to nine centimeters. And, um, so I, you know, and then, and then at that point I'm, I, I switched from being like, there's no way I can do this to like, I was made to have babies. Are you kidding? This is amazing. <laughs> like we're doing, they're going to have a baby in 30 minutes. And, um, so I, you know, I was really excited and we got into the room and, and it was interesting. That's kind of when things shifted for me. Um, we, I got to this space that in the time I didn't 
I had no concept of this in the time. It's only now in hindsight from having read a lot more and had two more babies that, um, I wasn't really comfortable in the birth center. And again, like, I think it's important that I I didn't know this at the time I was just having a baby, you know, and I was there, but you know, I, I, I didn't like the, I didn't like the furniture. I didn't like the, the decor. It was kind of, it felt a little old fashioned, you know, I didn't like, it didn't feel like my home. And, um, all of a sudden there were, there was the midwife and there were her two assistants who were wonderful, but it was all very, uh, it was a little bit chaotic because there was a baby coming right now and no, you know, we had all just arrived. So there was a lot of rushing around and, um, it felt my water broke on my husband's shoes. And that was like funny to everybody except me. I was like, oh, I'm having a baby. This isn't funny. You know, and, and okay, so, look at me, look at me. Right, right. And so it felt like the energy really shifted in terms of what was quiet and, um, uh, cozy at home kind of turned into a, a little bit more of an energetic environment. And, um, and so then I, you know, I started pushing and, and it wasn't, I wasn't progressing in the pushing as fast as, as they had hoped. So there was a lot of like concern over positioning and, and listening. There's a lot of listening to the heart rate and I could hear it. You know, it was, it was, it was very, there was a lot of discussion happening between the midwives and I could overhear that. And so it, it kind of, while I was seeking a less clinical environment, I ended up feeling like I was sort of in a hospital environment that was disguised as a birth center. Does that make sense? Uh, Oh yeah. Yeah. There was an, and, um, so it took, it took a long time. You know, we, I was pushing for a long time and I think when I was pushing, I was about the baby's heart, my baby's heart rate wasn't, wasn't sounding. Um, it was a a little bit of a cause for concern. So they were keeping very close um, sound on, on all of that. And they were monitoring it really closely, which was also, um, contributing to my stress levels because I, you know, I'm right there. They're listening to the heart. They're, they're talking to each other. They're having me change positions. I'm starting to get a little nervous. It's my first baby. I, I, you know, we all want to be in the safest, most supportive environment for our babies to be born. And I was starting to doubt myself. Was this really the right choice? Is something wrong? I'm so nervous. So, um, Anyway, so then at about the two hour mark, um, the midwife said, we're going to, we're going to need to start thinking about a a hospital transfer. Fortunately, the hospital is next door. It's like two minutes away. They're not a connected business, but it was right down the street. And, um, so that was good. That was one reason why I chose this birth center. And, um, she ended up leaving the room for a bit to, to do something. She was doing something. And I, I remember my doula, um, at the time, really stepping in and looking at me and giving me, I picked, I I picked the doula because she's an athlete. She's a triathlete and she's, and I am an athlete. And I felt like we were going to, we were going to click on, in terms of that kind of um, athletic performance idea of tolerating these sensations and being okay with it. And she just got right in my space in a really loving way and looked at me and said, you need to stop listening to anything that's going on in this room and you need to look at me and you can do this. Like we're here together. She gave me the most incredible pep talk to this day. It gives me chills to think about what she did. And she just held my hands and she was like, you are pushing this baby out right here. Like you have got this. And I just, I felt this new swell of energy where I was, I was ready to give up. I mean, to, to 80, 15 minutes of pushing is hard. And, you know, but you're at the end of like two hours of pushing. And I just, I was done. I was really like, I, the hospital was like the 
the best idea ever. Like, I just want this baby out and I don't care how it comes out. And she just gave me this new, she invigorated me. And by the time the midwife came back in, um, she gave me one more check and the midwife was like, Oh, Oh my goodness. We've made some progress. Look, Oh, what the baby's got lab. Okay. This is going to work. And the baby came out. Um, it still took a while. You know, I, my, my memory of the exact timestamp here isn't perfect. We I ended up pushing for just under four hours. So somewhere in this, the mid, the doula was talking to me and we ended up getting the baby to make some progress, which allowed the midwife to feel comfortable with me staying at the birth center. And, um, and so, and then we ended up having her there and it worked. Um, and in hindsight, it's so clear to me, I believe that my body was, I didn't feel comfortable. You know, I didn't feel comfortable. I felt scared. I felt nervous. The whole environment changed for me. So after now all the reading I've done about this mind-body connection, it's, it's really no surprise to me that things kind of froze up and it took my doula to reground me and talk to me and make me feel safe and comfortable because she wasn't my care provider. She was my support and my friend, you know, and somebody who was just exuding love and support. And that was it. Like she wasn't making any decisions. And so, um, that was really critical for me to have her there. And the other piece to this that I thought was interesting was, and again, in hindsight, my midwife was wearing a shirt from the musical Wicked. (laughs) So, She had, she was in her pajamas. I think she was in her pajamas when she showed up. I mean, she's wearing a t-shirt right. and sweatpants because it was at midnight, but she was wearing, so it had like, I think it was like a black shirt with the bright green, mm-hmm. you know, wicked words right across her chest. And she had these bright red nails and she had a Southern accent. And like, it didn't quite, ju- I, so I, as I'm pushing and the only um, position that my daughter's heart rate was cooperating was for me to be in kind of that typical hospital birthing position where you're on your back, like mm-hmm. on your tailbone, not the ideal position for birthing a baby. Right. And so I was staring at these words wicked and could see through the latex gloves, my midwife's <sighs> bright red nails. Oh, and my like, word. Right. And so these things, and again, none of this I'm realizing in the moment, mm-hmm. but as I'm, you know, prepping for my second and third birth and reading more literature, it's coming back to me. And I'm thinking, how could this stuff have not, how, how could it have not had an impact on my, on my brain and my experience? So needless to say, it all worked out. I really thank the doula for helping me get through it. Um, yeah, that is, so that's really powerful to me that, um, and, and that's kind of, I feel like that's an important thing that we haven't talked much about actually on this show is how, you know, not every midwife is, is created for you, you know, right. like, and, and it's true, you know, whoever is at your birth, they are bringing an energy. And if it is not, calm and focused on you, then it's really not going to be helpful. I can totally picture what you're talking about. Everybody is coming in and trying to get everything ready for you really quickly, but it's actually causing huge amounts of chaos in your brain. Yes. Yes. Because you know, they're, they're laying out those pads, they're getting all the equipment ready. And you're, I mean, and you're just, (laughs) it's feel, it felt like somebody had kind of opened up a feather bed, you know, and just fluffed it in the air as I walked in the room. And I was like, whoa, what's happening? My calm environment has just vanished. Man, that's, that's crazy. So, okay. So you, you did it though. You had your birth center birth. The, what was the postpartum like? What happened after she was born? 
Um, I was a my husband, you know, made pancakes for everybody because they have oh. a kitchen at the birth center. And so that was really special. Or I think it might've been waffles. doesn't matter, but he made, you know, made breakfast for everybody. And, um, I was a little amazed at how fast I could go home. You know, it was maybe, I think we had her at five and I was going home between like 10 and 11. And I remember thinking like, oh, well, no, no, you guys can't let me out into the world with this thing. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how to do this. You know, this little tiny baby, she looks so small in the car seat. Don't, don't leave me. Don't let me go. But you know, they, it, that was my stuff. They were, they did a wonderful job. Actually the midwife who had delivered the baby, um, ended up going home. And so right at about right after maybe an hour after, um, Sage, our first daughter was born. It could have been later. I, I, she didn't come back in. And so they transitioned and the, the, the new, the other midwife came on, on who I felt really comfortable with. And so that, that was wonderful. We had a really nice cozy time, um, in the room, all just getting acquainted and going home, um, it was a lot, you know, it's a lot coming home for me. It was a lot coming home with my first baby. And I, um, you know, my breasts were a size that I had never seen before. They were as the milk was coming in, that was a, a huge sensation that I was not prepared for. Um, but the one, one of the things I loved about the birth center is they had a lactation consultant who was, um, always available and she ended up supporting me. And I, I felt again, besides that, that, that little bit of the birth where things felt stressful, the quality of care I received from this, this group of midwives was exceptional. And the postpartum right. care was, was really, really good. That's so, great. Yeah. I felt I actually, because she's a um, midwife who can also write prescriptions, I, I did end up getting mastitis, but the good news was the second I was wondering or concerned about what was going on with me. There was a prescription called into the right at around the corner and we just got that dealt with right away. And the lactation consultant was on it. I mean, it was, it, it, you know, we did have our hiccups, but it was all, I felt very well cared for. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. That's, that is super helpful to be able to have them write you a prescription so quickly. So, so all in all, you did have a good experience with the birth center, but in hindsight, you realize some of the things that might have contributed to a more difficult pushing phase than perhaps you would have had had you been at home. What was it after having that uh, birth center experience that made you decide to transition to having a home birth? You know, it was it was pretty much wanting to be in an environment where I felt most comfortable and, and safest actually, you know, cause safe is a, safe is a big word. What means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. And to me, um, safe felt like home, you know, I, I really, I really felt most comfortable there. And so did my husband, you know, we, we fortunately aligned on that. I'm, I feel so lucky. Um, and so as I had been doing some reading when we had just were newly pregnant with our second baby, I just had this pushing urge that was telling me like, just have the baby at home, have the baby at home. And we were living abroad at the time, um, when we were pregnant with our second and we decided to come home to have him come home back to the United States because, um, well, it's a long story. It wasn't the perfect place for us where we were living abroad, but, um, the, the prenatal care, we were in, um, the United Arab Emirates. We were in Abu Dhabi, which was a, is a wonderful place. 
And in order for me to receive prenatal care, I had to show my marriage certificate. So there was, there was some of that stuff that was a little different to, you know, <laughs> the United States model of care. Mm-hmm. And there were no out of hospital births at the time. There were no out of hospital births uh, allowed. That wasn't an option. And so we decided um, to come back to our hometown because we were not exactly sure where we were going to end up in the world and thought, we'll just go to our hometown and be around family. So we, we were living very close to hospitals. And that was always something that mattered to me. Again, for me to feel safe, I wanted to know that if indeed we needed to do a hospital transfer, we were within minutes to a place where we could get that care if we needed it. So we were living in um, a, a really urban part of San Diego and we were right next to three or four hospitals. So I felt really comfortable. Um, and I, as I was shopping, shopping, excuse me, as I was interviewing midwives, shopping for midwives. I like I shopping too. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it's an, it was an out-of-pocket expense for us, so it was kind of like shopping. It's a, it's a splurge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we, um, I, we found, I found one that I, I loved, and she was in uh, North County, San Diego, which um, on a day where there's no traffic was probably a 25-minute drive to our home. And I knew that the likelihood of us having a baby when there wasn't going to be traffic in San Diego was pretty slim, but I decided I, I didn't care. I liked her so much. And um, so, so anyway, I met, we had, we moved back to San Diego and I think I was maybe 16 weeks pregnant or something and um, started working with her and had a marvelous experience. Gosh, even better. It got even better than I, than I thought was possible with her. She's a, um, she was a solo practice and she was, I just wanted her to be my second mother. She was, she's Aww. so lovely. And, um, she also had a really wide range of, um, of knowledge in sort of all, uh, just vitamins and supplements and sort of little things that came up, um, instead of going to like a prescription option, she'd say, Oh, let's look at your diet. Let's look at what supplements can help you, you know, go to the bathroom more or whatever kind of these sort of non-serious pregnancy issues can be. She was such a wealth of knowledge in terms of looking at diet and looking at supplements. And I really appreciated her for that. Um, and then we were so lucky again, I just got so lucky because as I was hiring a doula, I ended up hiring a doula who I really connected with, who then who was in midwifery school at the time. And she ended up doing her, um, I don't know what it's called in, in midwifery practice, but like the equivalent of a residency where you go and you apprenticeship. Apprenticeship. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Her apprenticeship just so happened to end up being with the midwife that we had chosen. Oh, how cool. So cool. So I was seeing her at every one of my prenatal appointments and, um, she was, she's an exceptional, um, woman and, and again, in hindsight, I do, I, it, it just, it's ironic that the woman that I was most drawn to, to be our doula was somebody who was in midwifery school because the midwife didn't make it to the birth. Oh. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, yeah, right. So like I said, I've had these fast births and the first one, the second one was, um, lightning fast and, 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 uh, again, I, I'm so hesitant because I, I love this midwife so much and I, I really don't think this was her fault. And, and, and at the same time, I think it's important for people to know that, um, we as women are experts in our own bodies. And, um, when I was 
in labor and calling the midwife, I did feel a little bit like she didn't believe me that I was in labor to the point that I was, if that makes sense. I, you know, I, I was in the tub already, you know, feeling like it was, it was at that moment where it stopped being funny. And I was like, okay, I, I actually am having a hard time talking through these contractions. It started really fast. So I didn't have a lot of time, um, to let her, to, to let anyone know really. Um, so I'd called the, the, the doula when I thought it was happening. And of course the doula was like, I'm not even going to risk it. I'm coming. I don't care if I have to go home. I'm just going to come. So, but with the midwife, you know, she was a little bit more like, well, you know, give me a call when you get to, you know, whatever point it was that she wanted us to be at, to have her come. And, and I, I was, I was annoyed. I was in the tub and I was annoyed that, um, she wasn't just getting in the car. And I, it, it's fascinating. I started to have, I started to panic a little cause I was, I, I was in the tub. It was starting to, 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 you know, the sensations were getting really powerful and the midwife didn't want to come. And so, or that was my interpretation of it. Right. Again, I, I really, I really love this woman and I would, I would hate for anyone to, 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 to think that I know she didn't do this intentionally. Uh, no, of so, course. And everybody's human at all, right. you know? Yes. Yes. And so I, I had a panic attack in the bathtub and I just started crying and I felt really scared. Like, I don't, I don't, I had some, you know, trauma from my last birth and I remembered about all that pushing. All of a sudden I started to doubt my decision to have the baby at home and I was feeling really uncomfortable and everything came to a cease. It ceased. I stopped being in labor. I was like, everything stopped. And I was like, oh, oops, I guess she was right. Like, I'm not having a bit. And I, and then that was a whole nother thing. Like, wait, what, what just happened? Why am I not in labor anymore? Like that was, that was legit a contraction, you know, I'm not crazy. I've done this before. And, um, you know, the doula showed up and I told her, I thought, I said, hey, I'm so sorry. I, I guess I'm not in labor. And she said, Oh my gosh, don't be silly. Sit down. Like, let's sit down. And she started telling me these funny stories about, you know, her toddler and potty training and the kind of the, the chaotic uh, capers of her, her pooping toddler. And I started laughing. You know, this is probably over a period of 30 minutes. We were sitting down. I started laughing really hard and she was making me laugh and we were having a great time. And what do you know? My contractions started right where they left off. And again, like hindsight's 2020 with each birth, I do more reading, you know, and they talk about laughter and the oxytocin that's happening, you know, all of this is textbook. And so uh, then, and then it was like, we hit the ground running, like right when she was making me laugh, I started having contractions. It was, you know, not funny anymore. (laughs) And (laughs) the laughing ceased, right. The laughing ceased. And, um, 45 minutes later, the baby was born. So, Mm -hmm. so what happened was again, I was, I was at home. I felt at this point, I felt extremely comfortable, extremely cared for. She came in and, you know, basically wrapped her arms around me and was like, I've got you. Like we are in a good place here. My husband was there. My daughter had come home from preschool and she was there. My mom was there. It felt so good. And so then boom, we hit the ground running. And, and in that whole process, I believe, um, the doula had called the midwife in there. I don't know when it happened, but, and the midwife hit the road, but you know, of course it's traffic. It's July 4th weekend in San Diego, you know, so 
we, you know, the doula um, caught the baby and the baby was my son. Cedar is, was fine. He was perfect in every way and everything was fine. But that was also its own little <laughs> element of, of trauma for me. Cause mm-hmm. I, I, all of a sudden had this baby in my arms and I kept, I, I, we have it on video and I keep asking the doula, like, is he okay? 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 And, and she was like, he's perfect. He's great. And I kept asking her, are you sure? Are you sure? Are you sure? And she says, this one part where she looks at me and she says, I'm certain. <laughs> I was like, okay, okay. And, and, um, you know, he's crying, he's pink, he's perfect, you know? And then, and the, and the midwife got there about 15 minutes after he was born and we were still in the tub, we were holding him and, it was fine. But, and now, uh, I think, well, maybe that's why the baby came so effortlessly because I was so comfortable. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Totally different from that, that first experience, still some difficulties that you had to go through. Yes. But definitely you were more comfortable with that, with your doula being there and, and in the comfort of your own home. Yeah. And once again, man, the doula just saves the day. I mean, right? they just, <laughs> that's I, what I, the theme of this is. <laughs> oh my God. My husband and I are both, you know, my husband jokes that whenever, uh, he's not one to give unsolicited advice, but he says every time somebody's announcing that they're pregnant or it's their first, you know, and he always wants to say, you guys really should hire a doula. It's like the best money you'll ever spend. Mm-hmm. But you know, there's, I think there's an ego part of it um, for some partners to think that they can't be that person for their spouse. And I, I, you know, I, I, I get that energy sometimes sort of like, well, I'm there. Why does a doula need to be there? And especially when you haven't been a partner in a birth before you, and you, and you aren't doing some sort of training with Bradley or whatever, you know, to, to know really how critical a doula can be for a mom because they've been at so many births. Right. And how critical a doula can be for a dad, you yes. know, for a partner. Oh, yes. That's, that's what's so incredible is the, the, the people that do experience the doula work. It's not just the mom that is singing praises, just like you're saying with your husband. I mean, dads end up benefiting so much because then they know how to help. They can still do the things, but they know what things to do because someone's telling them, oh, this is usually good for this type of situation. Yes, absolutely. I, and I, I, I left that out of, of, of the birth. My, the doulas and the doula and Peter work together beautifully. Oh yeah. It was wonderful. That's amazing. So, well, yeah. okay. So, so two very different birth experiences. I'm super curious to hear about the one that just happened. Yeah. So, so now we, we moved to Oregon, um, and, uh, there's a wonderful midwifery practice here and they, um, we had, I met with them. I felt really comfortable from the get go with both of the midwives in the practice. I loved them. And, um, and now started to read a little more. I started to really dive into more literature because I, I'm now noticing that um, with each birth, I go through a um, a period of really doubting where is that safest place, safest in quotation marks, you know, safest place for me to have my baby. I really start to wonder. I start to get a little fear. I start to think, oh, gosh, how could I possibly have a third uncomplicated birth? You know, mm-hmm. oh, that's, that's just too much to ask for. Maybe I should be in the hospital. And then there's also the cost. You know, it's expensive to pay out of pocket for 
a home birth when um, my husband's insurance will cover a birth in a hospital right. down the road, you know, it's so, so that, frustrating. It's so frustrating. And I, and, and I, it's, it, it, I have to hand it to my husband. I was the one feeling guilty about it. I was like, you know, me, I don't know. It's my third baby. Why don't we just, we could just go to the hospital and have a baby and whatever, save a bunch of money. And he, he was like, Oh babe, you know, I, this means so much to you. And this is such an important part of our story. Like, I really think you need to have the baby where, where you really want to have the baby, you know? And yes, he has a really, he's a very frugal man, very frugal man. And at the same time can put this into perspective and say, you know, yeah, it's, it's about $5,000 to have a baby here and we're not swimming in money. So it's not like <laughs> that's a drop in the bucket, but at the same time, he has a, he has a way of really putting it in the perspective and being like, we save money for really critical and important things. And this, what the birth of our baby is really important, you know, and, and this is, this is a forever moment. It's, it's more, it's it, to us, it's more important than a car or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever these other, like a kitchen remodel, you know, retiling our kitchen, whatever it's going to be, those things really don't matter as much as this, this experience for us. So this is where we decided to spend our money. And, um, so, and I think that's an important thing too, to talk about is so for some people, it, it does become just about money. And I would encourage them to think about where else they do spend money and, and then to weigh like what, what matters for them, you know, cause sometimes when you put it into perspective, like, ah, the, this other thing can wait, you know? And I, I do realize as I'm talking about a car or, or, or a kitchen remodel, it, it, that is a privileged choice to where you're spending your money. But if you're saving money and you have some there that you can spend to think about, like, you know, what can be put off because births really matter. Oh, I love that. I might've you know, cried so, a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I <it's> just <laughs> might have teared up. That is your whole story. I feel like I don't even remember the kitchens I lived in or you know, like whatever <laughs> in the past or things I'm keep harping on the kitchen thing. Cause I'm sitting here looking at mine right now. Um, but, uh, anyway, the, uh, so I, I, then once I finally, I said so that it's at that time in my process where I dive into the literature and it, it always ends up grounding me and reminding me that, I do feel most comfortable and supported with midwives and in my home. So we, and it's Ina May is really the one who just keeps, I keep coming back to. And, and then I also follow some Instagram feeds that show, um, out of hospital births primarily, which also is just another, another contribution to the the tape playing in my head that this is normal. This is safe. Like right. the vast majority of women have very successful births. Like the, you know, that our human race would not be where it is today. If most babies were born without complications. Exactly. So it's nice to remind myself of that and dive into the literature. And, um, as I was diving into the literature, I was now really learning about this mind-body connection. There's that the book by, um, I believe his name is Michel Odant, if that's mm-hmm. correct, mm-hmm. and The Needs of a Woman in Labor. And it's very short, and I was reading it, and I had this just massive light bulb go off in my head. And that is kind of what made me reflect on my first birth, the second, and why it did go so smoothly and thinking, wow, that's so interesting. When the midwife and kind of the chaotic environment of the birth center were there, this happened. When I was at home and it was just my doula and my family, this happened. Okay. So as I was moving into this third birth, I it, it finally occurred to me that I could ask for what I wanted, you know, and say, hey, you guys, these are my stories. I think I might be really susceptible to the energy around me in a birth. 
um, I don't want to hear the, the heart rate. I, when you're, when you're checking my belly, I don't want to hear it. Like, I don't, I, I don't, I don't want to have to worry. I don't want to hear you guys talking about what's going on. Please take that to the other room. You know, I, I started to now realize what, what could have be contributing to the success of my, what was potentially contributing to the success of my second birth and felt very confident asking for what I needed. Like, please don't wear any clothes that have like <laughs> wicked, wicked. musical on them. <laughs> negative words. Like, please, like I, I, I now know that these things are probably affecting me. Um, I, I want the energy to be calm. I don't want there to be a lot of talking. And, um, my midwives were just so supportive of that. And I felt like they were grateful to be told what was going to work for me. Mm-hmm. And, um, so now here we go. I'm, I'm, I, oh, sorry. Another, another part of this that I think was really important too. And, and something, my only goal in my third birth was to, reframe my association with this, with the, I hate this word, but with the pain. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, um, with this, with the first and the second, I felt like I muscled my way through it. Like I just, I've got, I've got a high pain tolerance. I've done a lot of, um, extreme athletic endeavors. I'm really good at sort of just ignoring it, but I wanted to do more than ignore it. I really wanted to just not have it be something I was trying to run away from and instead just, be okay with it and really accept it as natural and not judge it. And so I did a lot of work, um, leading up to the birth through meditation and through practicing, um, with, I was running up until about 34 weeks. And a lot of that was, um, took, it took a lot of letting go in terms of expectations of my body and sensations and things. I did so much mental prep going into this birth about how to, um, tune into my body and sit in my body's physical discomfort, just with the little discomforts of pregnancy and to not judge it, to not hate it, to not endure it, but just to to be in it and to be okay with what it was. And I've been a big pregnancy complainer in the past, (laughs) you know, like, Oh, I can't do this. I can't do that. I'm huge. It hurts to do this. It was just so much, you know, complaining. And this time I, I, I tried Every time I wanted to complain, I tried to, to switch it into something. Um, my body's amazing. I'm carrying this baby. We're healthy. Just really tr- switching it. And um, and so my goal was to have a more positive association with the sensations of birth. And I wanted to catch my baby because the sensations previously and the fact that I was trying so hard to run away from the pain in my head um, there was no way I could have caught the baby. I was just like, get the baby out. <laughs> like, I don't want anything to do with this. I'm just going to push as hard as I can. Tell me when it's over. Right. It's kind of my, my, my process. And with this one, I thought, no, 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 no. Like I had seen enough of these just amazing birth videos of women catching their babies and thinking, how on earth were you able to do that? That is the, like, for me, that is the moment of the most intense sensation, just as the head's coming out. There is no way I could be grounded enough to like be present for that. And so my goal was, yeah, you can, like, you can, this is all in your head. You've got to figure out how to get on top of this. So, um, I had a friend who was, is my yoga teacher. I asked who had had a home birth. I'd asked her if she would support me and be my doula. And, um, she 
was a beautiful teacher and, um, inspired me in a lot of the, the yoga thinking in terms of just being in the, the, the posture, whatever yoga pose you're in, it's uncomfortable, but it's the same stuff. You're not going to judge it. You're just going to be in it, you know, and, 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 and not try and change it or fix it or, or, or think away. Don't, don't let your mind go somewhere else. Just be in it. So I, I knew she'd be the perfect person to have there to help me just be in it. And, um, our birth, I was four days past my due date, which is a very hard space for me to be in. Um, and we, I had a really hard time, uh, with this birth in that space because in this pregnancy in that space, because I really wanted to control it. I really wanted the baby to come. I was, I was tired of being pregnant and I just, I, you know, I have two other kids. There was so much of this, like I had two other kids, my doula's husband, my, my doula and friend's husband is a in-flight paramedic. He's got crazy hours. And I thought, oh goodness, like how is all this going to align? The woman who's going to take pictures has got three kids. I'm like, this is crazy. I don't know when we're all going to be able to make it here at the same time. Um, so I just, I wanted this baby to come and the midwives had had shared the, you know, options with me. Like you can't, we can do a sweeping of the membranes. Um, they even went so far as, as saying that if I felt more comfortable, they could break my bag of waters and I could go home and have the baby because of how quickly my babies had come, you know, they didn't want to miss it. And we had gone through all of these different options. And once again, and I, it was really hard for me not to just, yep, let's do it right now. Let's break the water today. Let's do it. You know, I'm done. And And it was thanks to my husband who was like, let's just, you know, pump the brakes. Peter is really saving the day. And totally. I mean, just cause he is so sane, you know, he was just so, so grounded and not pregnant that he was able to say like, this is your choice, but pump the brakes. Let's go home. Let's just talk about this. Let's see if there's any way we can get you through one more day. Like, what do you need? Do you need me to take the day off work? Do you need to be by yourself? Like, what do you need to do to just get through one more day? Like you have spent this whole pregnancy preaching how your body's amazing. Your body knows best. And now you're like, let's break my bag of waters. (laughs) So, so I'm not, I, I feel like you might be going a little bit crazy here. So how can I help you? ground back down. And so I love all of that. So he he was great. So then he sent me to, or, you know, gave his blessing for me to, um, (laughs) go to a foot spa they have here in Bend, which is where you go, you get like foot massages and, um, or he was, he said to me like, you know, maybe you just need to go get a massage. And, and again, this is so big for him because like I said, we're not swimming in money. Like this stuff, this, these choices matter and massages are expensive. It's another, you know, hundred bucks or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and he, he said, you know what, again, like, let's just trust your body, go do something for yourself. And the only place that had availability was this foot spa. So I ended up going there and, um, getting a wonderful foot massage. And then we went out to dinner with some friends and had Thai food and, it was that night, um, that I, I, I thought I, I, I thought I was just having gas pains because you're like at the end of the pregnancy, you the Thai food and <laughs> the end of pregnancy, it's hard to, to you, gas can be uncomfortable. There's not a lot of room. You know? So I, I was up, I woke up at two 30 with these, with these quote gas pains. And I was like, Oh man, this hurts. This hurts. Like this is not, I shouldn't have eaten Thai food. And, um, ironically, my husband was up at the exact same time. Cause he had been sleeping and he fell asleep in the kid's room. So he was up, I heard him and I called him in and and then I, he's like, do you think this is the baby? And I'm like, no, no, no. I think it's just gas. And he, and he was like, 
Well, it's, it's kind of coming like every three minutes, babe. <laughs> you know, and I'm like time. Right. gas. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, I don't, I don't know, sweetie, this is, and I'm like, all right, well, maybe we should just start timing it. And then I, I felt, it's funny. I felt so sensitive about calling everybody at two 30 in the morning because I didn't want it to be a false start. You know, I'm one of these people who I, I don't like bothering people. You know, it's hard for me to ask for help. So I'm, I'm in my bathroom going like, no, 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 no. Like, let's just wait. Let's just wait till we really know we're having a baby. And, um, he's, my husband was like, I, yeah, I really think you should call somebody like this is getting, this is, I think you're having a baby and I'm still talking through it. So I'm like, no, no, no. And then I thought there's no way we could have another fast birth. Like that, there's another, that, that, that reputation of third births being a wild card. Right. Everybody kept telling me that. So now I'm like, okay, this is going to be my 16 hour birth. I'm ready. You know, like, let's just call people when we're sure we're having a baby. <laughs> So, uh, you know, it got within a, probably 10 minutes, it turned into, we're having a baby. So, um, we, you know, we called everybody and, um, they arrived at my house, uh, at, I think like three 10 or three 15 and the baby was born at four 15. So we wow, had another perfect. really fast, but, it, and the midwives made it. And this was a really interesting part of the story was, um, my friends who didn't have home births were asking me like, so were the midwives like, you know, are they, are they all over you? Are they, are they checking you every minute? Like what's, what's happening? And my husband overheard me telling a friend, no, nobody touched me the whole time except, except my doula. And, and Peter goes, no, say, he's like, sweetie, they, they had the heart rate thing on you the whole, almost the whole time. And I was like, wait, what? He's like, yeah, there was some, the, you know, the assistant, she had her heart, the heart, they were listening to the heart rate the whole time. And I was like, no. And I went back to look at the pictures and like, there she is like crouched in the corner, like just slowly pulling back my robe, you know, listening to the heart. They completely honored they what I'd you. asked for. <laughs> yes. I had no idea. And, and so it was just, it was so beautiful that like they, they were like ghosts, you know, I didn't even know they were there. There was the, the, the one or two times the midwife even spoke to me. It was so quiet. And, um, and by the time, I think the thing that was so shocking to me, cause I had got in my head, like third births are a wild card. I kept thinking there's no way this is happening already. And of course I get that sensation, like I'm going to push. And I kept saying things like, I think I'm, I think I'm, I think I'm going to push right now. I think, I think it's time for me to push. And the midwife was just quiet. And it was funny because almost now in, in, as a, as a, a complete 180, I was annoyed that like, she couldn't tell me what <laughs> my body something. was doing. Right. Like, why aren't you telling me it's time to push? You know, like, why don't you know? Cause she was totally, you know, she was, she was besides that they were listening to the heart, you know, she, she was very hands off. She was just sitting next to me on the bed. And, um, she kept saying, cause I, I now rewatched the video. She just kept saying like, go with it, go with it. If that's what it feels like you need to do. And, and in my mind, I was like, no, just tell me what to do. I don't know what to do. And it was amazing because our, our bodies do know exactly what to do. And our minds just get in the way, you know, we kids, I, I had this tug of war with my brain where I had to consciously bring my mind back, especially as the sensations were getting so powerful. I, um, I'd have these moments in the middle of the contraction where I'd want to run away. You know, my mind would want to just wince and go somewhere else. And I had to, you know, I had this image of like lassoing my brain back and yanking it back and just sitting in it. And, and every time I'd want to judge it, I kept thinking like, 
what centimeter am I at? Where, where am I? Where? And every time I would just like fly swat it and just stick my head in the pillow and go into this, like, it felt like a black hole in my brain where I could just be in it without wondering, am I eight centimeters? Do I have to do this for six more hours? What, 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 you know, this, this race of my brain that I was really controlling for the first time ever. And, and found that all of a sudden then I was ready to push and thought, oh, wait a second, hold up. This could not be happening already. And then, you know, that was happening. And then all of a sudden I was like, uh, I'm having a baby. It's going to come out right now. And I was standing up and, you know, I, I, I had the, the, the wherewithal to say to my midwife, I want to catch it. I want to catch it. And she said, it's this beautiful moment on video where she's like, this is all you girl. (laughs) She's like behind me, you know, ready, like spotting. Mm -hmm. But I, 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 I think she did a little bit of help guiding the baby into my hands, but I was right there and, and caught my baby and pulled him to my chest and was just like, like happened so fast. And I just felt like I I'm, I'm sensitive to say this because I don't want it to come out the wrong way, but it's, I felt like I won my gold medal. You know, oh. I felt like I, I did it. Like I worked so hard to try and get to this, the place where I could achieve this type of birth, where I was in charge of my brain, where I felt like I trusted my body, where I was really able to just let it do its thing and not get in its way. And then I was able to catch him. And, and I just thought, Oh my gosh, we've just, I did it like, and I, it was the most wonderful experience. And it was amazing to me how being able to get in that mental space of not judging it. I, I can't believe I'm about to say this, but it really didn't hurt that much. Mm. Like, I, I, I don't know how that's possible, but it didn't. I just remember thinking like, we're just having a sensation here. And it, it really made me question how much we define our brains, define our pain, you know, and that it it doesn't have to be a painful experience because you don't have to make it that. Does that make sense? Yeah. Wow. That is really cool. Took me three births to figure it out. So it's not like I had that, (laughs) but, but I really, I, I just, gosh, it's, it's, it was incredible. And so, yeah, that was that. Gosh. Wow. Elizabeth, you have such amazing stories and you tell them so beautifully. And I love to hear the progression that you made, you know, with, with each birth. And I love how, you know, it seems like sometimes we can get in this place with, at least I know with my second birth, it kind of birth was like, or, or even pregnancy was kind of an, an afterthought. You know, I'm focused on my toddler. I'm focused on all these other things. I wasn't putting as much emphasis on, learning still throughout the pregnancy, but I love to hear how every single pregnancy that you had, you did not stop learning. You did not stop researching and it positively impacted your birth stories so clearly. It did. Yeah, it really did. And I, but I, and I also come to learn that every woman needs different things. Mm-hmm. You know, there isn't a one size fits all for, for this birthing of babies. And I, I, I think I've, I think I've come to learn that the best, the most, uh, we can empower ourselves the most by knowing ourselves and knowing what we need. And, and after hearing a lot of other women's, women's birth stories, that is a common theme in hindsight. I hear women say, I wish I had 
trusted the fact that I knew fill in the blank, you know, or that I, I, I had this sense that I wanted fill in the blank, but we, I think we're also clouded by the fact that this is, this is the most important thing in our hearts that we'll ever do, right? Like nothing matters more. We're scared. You know, it's, it's a thing where it, the pain of something going wrong could be so incredibly profound that we're, we'll do anything anyone says. I think we start to doubt ourselves because, you know, for lack of, and I don't believe this now, but we get in this situation of, well, everybody knows better. How ma- I haven't done this that many times. This, this OB or this midwife, they've been doing this for forever. Like they know best and, and, and they do know a lot. Right. But I think that we don't give ourselves credit for really knowing what we need also. Um, and some women don't need to read one book. You know, it's like, it's, it's like these amazing, I meet some amazing, um, mothers who are like, yeah, I don't really read parenting books. I just kind of go by intuition and their intuition is, is, is amazing. Right. And these really grounded, really wonderful mothers who really never felt like they needed to pick up a parenting book. And they're, and, and then somehow they're, they're already, they're doing everything the way that, you know, contemporary psychology is saying we should do, and they're just right. doing it. But right. I, I, you know, so I, 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 but I'm somebody who loves to read parenting books. So for me, right. hitting the books and going to the literature really makes me, gives me confidence and helps me learn about myself and what I need. But I, you know, for not everybody's the same way. Oh man, I love that. I, you have hit on so many incredible topics. I just honestly don't even know what to do with myself because I'm sitting here thinking, how am I going to pick quotes for Instagram? Oh, it's so many amazing things and your stories are just incredible. So Elizabeth, I cannot thank you enough for coming on and sharing with us. You really have been so inspirational. Well, thank you so much. And I really, I'm so grateful that you are out there, you know, sharing stories because women learning from each other is so important and hearing everybody's stories and then trying to create a model that fits best for them. That's, you know, that's, that's progress. Oh, that's perfect. Oh, what a beautiful way to end. Thank you so much, Elizabeth, for coming on the show. Thank you so much too. So heads up as we enter into this episode roundup, Nursing Noises brought to you by Lillian Ruth, and those are free. Can't get anything done anymore without a little babe, so that's life. All right, episode roundup. Can we just, can you raise your hand if you just loved Elizabeth? If you could see me right now, both my hands are raised, and Lillian looks like she's raising hers too. This episode was so incredible, and I have so many things that we could talk about right now, but I just want to point out a few. Uh, So first off, wasn't it crazy how Elizabeth's midwife, like in the unknowingly, her clothing choices had a subconscious ability to throw off Elizabeth's birthing game. That's that's crazy. And, and I don't know if any other care providers are listening to this and thinking like, holy moly, that is, I mean, it's not something that I necessarily would have thought about before and how that could really impact things. So maybe be considerate of what you're wearing. Sometimes you just can't help it and you've just got to attend a birth in your bra and underwear or in your New Year's Eve party dress. But when you have the ability to think about that, Also, Elizabeth learned that she knows her body better than anyone else, even professionals. That is so important to to notice, guys. So important. Also, love and laughter can bring a baby out in a hurry. Didn't you just enjoy 
hearing the way that Elizabeth's sitting down with her doula after labor had stalled for a momentary time, how those stories that they told together and that time they spent together is really what ramped her labor right back up. And then finally, and what I find to be just so important, how mindfulness gave her the most beautiful present birth yet. That is what I want for you. I just love this idea and and I love it so much knowing that I've experienced it myself. And the way that this second birth came for me was, I mean, guys, it just can't be topped. And I probably talk about it enough to where it's like annoying to you, but I'm I'm talking about it because I want you to have that. I want you to have it so bad. So on that note, if you haven't downloaded the freebie yet, it's a free audio guide. It's like a mini course. It's five tips to help you have a happy home birth. Just head over to myhappyhomebirth.com forward slash essentials and download the guide there. It's going to be awesome. And it's kind of just a little taste of what you guys can expect in my home birth childbirth education course that's going to be coming out in January. So thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. I love you to death. I cannot wait to see you back here next week.